Hello, you're listening to the Sydney Writers Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name is Valerie Koo and you can find us online at sydneywriterscentre.com.au. We're Australia's leading writing centre and you'll find a wealth of resources on our website and blog, including interviews with authors, writing tips and valuable ideas on how to get published. Whether you're interested in writing a novel, short story or articles for magazines, you'll find information and courses to help you get there. Or if you want to hone your business writing skills, we can help you too. Our presenters are the best in the industry. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Kim Kiyosaki is a successful author and entrepreneur who was able to retire in 1994 thanks to the success of her business endeavours, but she couldn't sit still for too long and in 1997 with her husband Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad and many other books, she began travelling the world and imparting the secrets of her financial success. Her particular focus is on empowering women to take control of their financial destiny. It's a theme she has addressed in both her books, Rich Woman, released in 2006, and in her recently published new book, It's Rising Time, What It Really Takes for the Reward of Financial Freedom. Hi, Kim. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks, Valerie. So great to be with you. Now, your book, your latest book, It's Rising Time, A Call for Women, What It Really Takes for the Reward of Financial Freedom. Just first of all, tell us why you wanted to write this book. Well, uh, my first book, Rich Woman, was really kind of a wake-up call to let women know what was happening um, in terms of especially as we get older, we find ourselves in, in, many of us find ourselves in dire financial straits. So that book was more to let women know that you need to make a decision. They need to start taking control. Um, so it was more, that was almost more of a, a sales pitch going, hey, wake up, a little bit of a shakeup for, for women. This book makes the assumption that women have already decided they've got to do something or they're already down the road doing something. But here's why I wrote it is because so many women who, women who I've come across when I travel all over the world, they'll, they'll study, they'll read a book, They'll go to a seminar, they'll study online, they'll go to meetings. And, um, and so they do, the, they do all their study and their education and, and their research. But when it comes time to taking that action step to actually do something and put some money on the tape, that's where paralysis tends to kick in. So I wrote this book really as a tour to encourage women to really, this is the time to take. It's no, you can no longer just think about it can no longer just talk about it. You can no longer just worry about it. You've actually got to get out there and do something. So this is more the action book. And why does paralysis kick in? Oh, a lot of reasons. Um, one is, you know, uneducated. Women don't have the, um, many of us women are, are not, not only do we not have the education, but we've actually been taught to depend upon somebody else for our financial well-being. So be it um, a husband, be it a family member, um, be it uh, the government for that matter. Um, so we really haven't had the financial education. So that's a part of it. And then um, I think the other thing is because the subject is so intimidating that a lot of women have decided that they can't do it. You know, this is not for them. Or the classic, my eyes glaze over when I start <laughs> learning about stocks and bonds and hearing numbers. Right. 
So that is because there's a lot of stories throughout the book because I really want women to see other women who are out there doing it. And these are not, you know, MBA students. These are not, um, you know, magical women. These are women, just everyday women like you and me who are out there just a step at a time. Why are you so passionate about financial education and particularly personal finance for women? Well, I actually never thought that I would be, this would be my subject. Never. Um, I studied business, loved business. When I was seven, I, I, I decided I was going to have my own business. Um, and then as the Rich Dad company grew and I would travel around the world with my husband, Robert, you know, I would get up and I would just speak to women for just a few minutes. And it didn't matter what city I was in, what country I was in. I would be surrounded by women at these events, all with the same questions and the same issues. And it became really clear to me that there, this is a subject that really is not being addressed to women. Some women are out there talking about it, but on a very superficial level, such as, you know, how to balance a checkbook or, um, you know, can I, can I buy a puppy? No, you know, deny type of thing. And, you know, how do you, you know, all the very, very superficial. But this is about really women becoming financially secure for life and financially independent, ideally. And what it takes is it's not easy. And it's probably that alone is going to hurt the sales of my book. I know that because I'm not giving them an easy answer. I'm not giving them a quick fix because in all of my world of investing and of business, to be successful, whether you're male, female, it's easy road to go down. So I really wanted to let women know what it's going to take. So when they come up against something that is fearful or something that they is unknown to them, to let them know, hey, it's okay. That's part of the process. It's a process. So my passion comes from just seeing so many women who want to take that step and not knowing how to do it. And it must be very frustrating because you know that it's the right path to take. Uh, but as an author, it is difficult to explain personal finance, which is not the most super exciting concept in the world. So as an author, what yeah. do you have to do when you're writing that book to really engage your reader and, and move that's, them to that's, action? That's a great, great question. Um, what I found is that women do learn very well from other women. And so one of the, one of the things I did is I included stories from other women. So for example, there's a story of a woman from the Philippines. She was a maid working overseas in London, and she would take her money that she made and send it back to her family every month. Well, then she started to get a little smarter, and she said, well, what if I put some aside to have that money grow, and I'll send the rest of it home? So she did, and she now, today, here's a, a, a maid from the Philippines working overseas in London, small salary. She has like seven or in the Philippines. And these were very small properties. They cost like four or $5,000, yet she's doing it and she's making cash flow. So it's just to say any, anybody can do this. You've just got to take those steps and get into action. Now you talk about the stories that including lots of stories, particularly those of women in your book. And there are lots of great examples and case studies and illustrations. I'm writing a book at the moment on storytelling in business. What, how important do you think stories are to, to, to include in your book? What purpose do they serve? I, I think that's the best way to get your point across, and I think it's the best way we can teach other people. I'm reading um, Steve Jobs' book right now, and the, the writer did a fantastic job, New York Times writer, and he includes, I just notice I get so engaged in the story and I, and, I, and I lose track that I've just read, you know, 20 pages because I'm so caught up in the story. 
And I think it's a, a great way to learn. I think um, it, it's probably one of the keys. I look at Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's a story. It's a story of two boys growing up. Rich Woman, the, my first book, was a story of myself and my five girlfriends. Um, and it's just easy to keep the reader engaged through the story versus, well, you know, if you buy the, a stock with a P.E. ratio of this and a real estate with a cap rate of this, it's boring and people are going to shut So I think the stories, I, I, I'm thrilled you're doing a book on storytelling because I think it's the best way to get a point across. Now, tell us, when you first decide you're going to write a book, whether it was this one, It's Rising Time, or your previous one, Rich Woman, what then is your writing process? Like, what are the next steps? Do you map the whole thing out first and then, you know, fill in the gaps, or do you just start writing and see where it goes? How does that work for you? Um, I'm, I am, It does not come naturally to me. Uh, I'll say that first of all. Um, Again, the, my, my first book came because so many women were encouraging me to write it. I, I never considered myself an author. You know, I was a, a businesswoman um, and an investor. And so the process for me, the, the hardest part with its rising time was figuring out what that theme is. What's the, what do I really want to say and what do women really need to hear and how do I get that across? So once I kind of got the theme down of, of, this, of what it really takes for financial security. This is what it really takes. No holes barred. I'm going to be very candid. I'm going to be very upfront. Then I um, have a, a very rough, 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 rough outline, but it more flows from story to story and chapter to chapter. So I'll start writing and then I'll kind of go off in one direction and it'll take me a different route. And so it's very organic when I, when I write. It's interesting. So if you do it that way, do you then at the very end need to really do a big edit or do you find that it works? Um, I didn't do a big edit. Um, what, we, what happened as a result is once we got all the chapters done, um, the, and it actually was interesting how it kind of fell into three pages of the book. Yes. So in, into, in, the, in the book yes. I talk about, the first part is aspire. What is that dream? What is that, that, what is that goal that's going to keep you going forward when you face the setbacks and you face the adversities? So that was the first step. And then the second step was the acquire. How do you acquire the knowledge? Where do you find it? How does that happen? And then the third step is to apply it. Now that you've acquired some knowledge, you've got to get out there and actually do it. So it actually was interesting how the book, I hadn't planned it that way from the start. But when we sat back and looked at it, my, my editor and I, um, so, oh, it actually does fall into these three categories. That makes so much so sense it's, because it's, so, it's such a good um, triangle that you do illustrate the aspire, yeah. acquire, apply. And I thought, and that's really introduced at the start of the book. And I thought that's brilliant because it's so easy to understand and remember. So, was that an accident that, um, it, that it became those three things? Yes, yes. It actually was not planned from the start. Wow. That, that that triple we call it the triple A triangle. Um, Actually, we were, we, I did not have that at the beginning of the book. I had that, that came up about halfway through the book. Isn't and that then, nice? it, yeah, it was, I, I, I think that works best for me because it's like, even if I'm going to give a talk, I do better without an outline because then my mind is free just to kind of go the way it needs to go and you can feed off the audience. So I actually do better without an outline and without notes. And um, the one thing I did have from the start was the definition of intelligence. Right. And that's kind of was where I started, which was the definition of intelligence was first two parts. Well, first, the ability 
to acquire the knowledge necessary. And then step two was then applying the knowledge that you've acquired. So I did have that, but I didn't have the triangle. I didn't have it that I didn't have that as the theme of the book at the time. That's really interesting because a lot of people, when they write business books, uh, they feel they really need to plot the whole thing out because your approach is far more the creative writing approach when you're writing yes. a novel or a memoir or, or something yes. like that where you, where you just start flowing. But it was worked right. really well for you in a, in a business-type you know, finance book. It, it, it works very well for me. And, again, going back to the storytelling, at first I thought that I needed a story to go throughout the entire book, and that just wasn't happening. And so I found out instead of having one story going through, let's bring in all sorts of stories from all these people, mostly women, but some men as well, um, lessons that have been learned through the stories. And I think that the lessons come across a lot clearer because this is real life of what actually happened. This is not just theory. This is not, this is really people who are practicing what they preach, people who are walking the talk. Mm. And I think... If you're going to ever learn, I mean, we were just, I was just talking with Robert about this the other day. I think one of the best ways to learn is to find somebody who's doing what you want to do and go learn from them. You know, I, I don't learn well from theory. I don't well, learn well from college professors. <laughs> I, want to, I want to talk to somebody who's actually doing it and really find out what it takes. Perfect. So tell me, as an author, what's the most challenging thing about writing a book, and in particular, what was the most challenging thing writing this book? I think the most challenging was, first of all, finding what that theme is. What is it I really wanted to say that I thought women would benefit women most and be of most value to them? Because um, there's a lot of different pieces to this book. It's all, almost more of a book that you can put on your bookshelf and keep using as a reference. Um, so that was number one. The other thing that happened, this is kind of funny, the other thing that happened is I'd been working on this book. I started it in March, and we were now into July. I, I started pretty um, writing it like constantly, and we're now into July. And I met with our editor, and she said it was a Thursday afternoon, and she said, "How far? How long? How far along with the book are you?" And I said, "Oh, about two thirds of the way." And she says, "Well, in order to make our deadline, I need the rest of the book by Monday." <laughs> Monday. <laughs> Monday. So I actually, we actually figured out a way to stretch it out. But for the next 11 days, I just wrote nonstop, nonstop, day and night to get the book finished. And I think what, as a result, it became a better book because I was so ingrained in it every minute. It wasn't like I thought about it, then I put it aside, then I thought about it. I was working it every single day and night. And I think as a result, that's why it came together so so clearly with the three different um, sections of the book. Had I had I stretched it out, I think it would have been a different book. Inclusive of those eleven days, um, how long did the whole thing take? Um, about six months. Right. About six. And and I'm going to say it prob it, it actually took twelve months because I think those first six months were figuring out what the book was going to be mm-hmm. because I had it in the back of my head. I had a, I had a sequel to rich woman as an idea. Um, earlier I was working on a, a rich couple book. And so it, I really needed to fine tune. What is it that needs to get out there? And especially given these economic times, I needed something that really was relevant today. And because there's an urgency right now and what's happening all over the world, 
um, economically to people and um, which is which is just a, a, a horrible thing if, if people are not educated and don't know what to do and they're going back to the same old same old um, they're going to find themselves in in a tough situation and a lot of people are so the timing of the book was important to me as well what's the most rewarding thing about writing this kind of book um, well a couple things happen number one is I also get clear on what I need to do in terms of my own life, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm also learning from all these people and learning from their stories as well. So personally, from a selfish standpoint, I got smarter in the process. Um, and the most rewarding thing is when I hear when a woman says to me that, that something in the book has changed her life. Mm-hmm. So the other day, one of the women actually who submitted a story um, said, you know, there was a piece in the book that I've been struggling with for like 15 years. And all of a sudden you said it in a way that the lights went on. And it's not that it was anything profound. It's just, she heard it from a different point of view. And so when I hear those stories, I mean, that's, that's the most rewarding thing of all. That's when you hear something that got value and, and benefited from what you wrote. I think it's particularly rewarding with a topic like personal finance because it is so hard to engage people. It is so hard to make their eyes stop glazing over. Um, And you've done that really, really well. Um, When you you first knew you wanted to be an author with Rich Woman, what what steps did you then take to acquire the skills to be a good author? Well, see, I I never again, I never, ever planned to be a writer (laughs) if I could write. So uh, my, my writing really comes, it's very similar to how I speak. Um, people say, you know, when, I, when, they, when they first read Rich Woman, they go, well, it's obviously this was your book because nobody could, nobody could write the way that you talk. And so, <laughs> so I just, I just kind of pretend that I'm up there talking to, talking to somebody about what's going on and what's happening. And um, I think that keeps, I, I do my best to be as candid and forthright and, um, genuine as possible there's um there's i don't hide i don't hide anything mm-hmm. i've made a lot of mistakes and we uh robert and i have both gone through some very tough times and uh, that's part of the process and i think it's important that people understand that mm-hmm. these days marketing your book is equally important in some cases some people think it's yeah. even more important than than writing your book if you want your book to sell at what part of the writing process are you determining your marketing strategy working out your marketing plan and does it impact the actual writing and content of the book oh that's a great question that's a really good point because so many people and authors who write a book they they think that their publisher is going to market their book and they think the publisher is going to do this ongoing media campaign and all the PR and all the publicity. And that's just not true. I mean, even the most successful books out there today, they might, the publisher may give them two weeks of publicity. But it really is if, if you're, if anybody listening is thinking of writing a book, understand that it's up to you to market it and sell it. That's the bottom line. If you really want to move those books, you're going to have to get out there and market and sell it. So throughout the, the process, I'm working with our marketing team on how we're going to market the book. Um, one thing that we're actually going to do with this book, it's rising time. We're working on it right now is we are creating an, a, a book study app that people who are reading the book can go, go on, get this app for free. And it's a book study and it'll be, it'll be like expanded content, um, a way to, to communicate with one another. So that's very exciting. So we're looking at new ways of doing it, new ways of reaching people. 
Wow. But, um, yeah, I'm very excited about that. And in terms of the writing the book itself, um, there, there really isn't, and it just doesn't affect, the market of it doesn't affect my writing, except that if I want to reach a certain group of people, um, I'll make sure to mention, you know, that type of business. For example, network marketing business is um, a, a very, um, they've embraced the, the whole rich dad, rich woman message very, very well. So I want to make sure that I use some examples that refer to the network marketing industry so that they understand that it, it, it includes them as well. So from that point of view, I might use examples that include that are more inclusive of, of different businesses and organizations and individuals. In the world of publishing, even if you put aside the world of you know financial education, in the world of publishing, the Kiyosaki name has turned into a brand almost like James Patterson or Malcolm Gladwell or that sort of thing. So if it's on a book, people are very, very likely to pay attention um, and buy the book. So what's your advice to other authors or business people who want that kind of cachet as an author so that the, the mere name on the cover is going to make people interested because they know, like, and trust that name? Right, right. Well, it, it does help to have the last name Kiyosaki. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend it doesn't. <laughs> Once Rich Dad Poor Dad hit hit quite hit so large, um, the name the name really helps. Um, but I think one thing that helps too is we're not just an author. So if you're going to write a book, what else are you offering people? You know, what's uh, we call it the back end. You know, what else can grow you as a brand and grow you as a business? Um, so we're always cognizant of that, that we had our seminars and that we had other products like our board game cash flow. Um, we had other resources available so that it wasn't just a book. So I, I would just say if you're, if people are thinking of writing a book, what's bigger than the book that you can offer? What's the business that you're building around the book? Because every, every book is a business. So, so what else can you offer? You think authors need to treat their book as – would it be safe to say you think your authors need to treat their book as a product and need to run their writing life as a business? I do. I, I personally do. If, unless, unless you're just doing it for the love of it and you just want to get a book and, and publish it. But if you really want to get a book out there and make a difference and impact people's lives, you've got to really treat that book as the product and run that, run that book as a business. And uh, then, of course, you'll have other books that'll come off of it, other products that'll come off of it. But um, I guess the, the main point is that the main question I would ask authors is what's the purpose? What is your purpose for writing your book? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it you want? What is it you want to accomplish with that? So for me, I just I saw women. They were looking for, you know, somebody that was out there doing what I do and they wanted this information. So that was my purpose. And finally, For business people out there who want to write their book for their business, what's your advice to them on the first steps they need to take? So they haven't written anything before, but they know that they want to showcase their expertise in a book. What's your advice to them? Um, Well, actually, this comes out of Steve Jobs' book too, which, again, I I just love. Um, You know, he always talks about keeping everything so simple. And with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert kept it very simple with Rich Woman and with this book, I do my best to keep it very simple. Don't get complicated because it's the, it's the one, it's the people that can take the complex and make it simple. You know, you look at some of the best books out there, you know, like Gladwell's books, he makes it very simple. How do you take a complex subject, whatever your expertise is, and keep it so simple that anybody can understand it? 
So I learned early on, even writing business manuals for our business, to write them as if you're writing it for a nine-year-old. And if a nine-year-old can understand it, then anybody should be able to understand it. So I would say just keep it, keep it real simple. Wonderful. And on that note, thank you very much for joining us today, Kim. Your book, It's Rising Time, is out now. It's fantastic. I've read it. I'm fully inspired. So thank you very much. Thanks, Val. You've been listening to the Sydney Writers' Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name's Valerie Koo. You can find us online, including details about our courses, seminars and online learning, as well as information on our regular competitions where you can win books, movie tickets and literary experiences at www.sydneywriterscentre.com.au or visit me on my personal website, www.sydneywriterscentre.com.au ValerieKoo.com. That's ValerieKoo, K-H-O-O.com. Thank you for listening.